Would you turn with me, please, to uh, to the scripture in First uh, Timothy, the sixth chapter, First Timothy six. First Timothy, the sixth chapter, and the twelfth verse. First Timothy six twelve says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto you are also called, and have professed a good profession before many witnesses. Said out loud, fight. The good fight of faith. Let's say it again together. Fight the good fight of faith. Do you ever need to fight? Yeah, you do. What kind of fight? It's not a flesh fight. It's a faith fight. So it's not a physical fight. It's a spiritual fight. And you fight it. In faith, with your faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. And he goes and talks about professing a good profession. And the next verse describes how Jesus stood in front of Pilate and maintained a faith confession without wavering. Amen. Hallelujah is our example. Yes. So will there be times when you are pushed or pressed or tempted To lose your faith. To move off of the truth. And will you need to stand? And will you need to fight to hold on? To what you know is right. And what the Lord has told you. The truth. Yes, yes, and yes. Go with me please to 2 Corinthians. The second chapter. 2 Corinthians 2. Now a lot of Christians are aware that there is spiritual conflict, spiritual war, if you will. And there's a lot of talk uh, in some circles about spiritual warfare. But what is true spiritual warfare? How is it waged against what and with what? There's a lot of different ideas about that. And Paul, by the Spirit of God, He talked about fighting, and yet all you're doing is shadow boxing. (laughs) You're not actually hitting anything. So there are some things that people call spiritual warfare, and no matter how much you get worked up and and how much activity and, and volume and sweat you might put into it, it can just be shadow boxing. You're not actually hitting anything. And you're not actually accomplishing anything. Being religious is not the same thing as being spiritual. And there's a whole lot of stuff that people think is God that's not God. And there's a whole lot of stuff that people think is the devil. That's a misconception about the devil. Now one of the things that we need to do is get it clear in our mind that for the most part Hollywood knows nothing about the devil. And there's a real danger in all of these horror movies 
and all of these movies and books that talk about the devil and demons and demon possession. Because so many of those things were actually inspired by the devil. And his main objective is to fool you and deceive you about who he is, what he is, and what's even going on. So yeah, there's the problem with horror films and books of fear being produced. How many of us Christians, we're not supposed to have any fear. None. So why would you go feed on something to put fear in yourself? (laughs) That's a big mistake. I said, that's a big mistake. But one of the bigger problems with that stuff is that you can come away thinking the devil is like something you watched or demon activity or possession is like something you watched and in fact it's nothing like that. So whatever you think you know about the devil, examine it in the light of the book. We need to ask ourselves continually, is this true? And then how do I know it's true? And then what else is true? That way you can rightly divide. So are you believing with me this morning? There's answers here. How many think we need to know these things? We need to understand these things. In 2 Corinthians, the second chapter, the 11th verse, he said, lest Satan should get an advantage of us. Is there a Satan? There must be. Wouldn't be any need talking about him if there wasn't. The word Satan literally means adversary, enemy. The one who's against you. His name is also Apollyon and Abaddon, which means destroyer. He's, he's a deceiver and a destroyer. Jesus said, the thief comes not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. And, and sadly, a whole lot of things that people, even some church-going people, are attributing to God are actually the works of the devil. And he said, lest Satan should get an advantage of us. How would the devil have an advantage over you? If you're what? Ignorant. Ignorant. If you don't read your chapter. If you don't go to church. If you're not in the services the Lord directed you to be in. You're not in the meetings the Lord directed you to be in. Like what Phyllis was saying. Some of the things you get, you may not even know why you heard them that day. But the Lord is forearming you, Amen. preparing you. And if we're, if we're where we're supposed to be and hearing what we're supposed to be hearing and getting what we're supposed to be getting, thank God we won't be Amen. ignorant. Ignorant. Ignorance not the same as unintelligent. You can be very intelligent and just not know something. Ignorant means you don't know it. And that's what we've been talking about. And we've been believing God. We've been praying. uh, And actually releasing faith in this same prayer for a few years now. In the Faith Life Churches. I started myself personally. And then you've joined with me. Believing God to show us what's Him. And what's not Him. What's real and what's not real. 
what's true and what's not true. Are you believing with me for that? We actually get, I can see the Lord's been answering that prayer with us for months and months now. It's happening. And it's wonderful. And the truth. Come on, what will the truth do for you? The truth will make you free. But ignorance will get you in trouble. If you're ignorant of the devil's devices, of how he works, what he does, then what's the result? Your enemy has an advantage over you. I just don't like that thought at all. Do you, of the enemy having some kind of advantage over me because I'm in the dark and don't know how he works and don't know what's going on. Now the word device here is interesting. I didn't I actually didn't realize this. Maybe I saw it before, but it didn't click somewhere or another. It's the same word translated mind or thought. In some of the verses I'm about to show you, which describes how he works. How does he work? He comes with thoughts. This is the primary way he comes against you. But that's not spectacular enough for most people. They're like, well, okay. <laughs> no, we need to take this very, very seriously. There are thoughts that can come to you that are more deadly than poison that would kill you on the spot, than a snake in your house. Come on, are you listening? Thoughts, and they can come so innocently. They can come so naturally and normally, and yet they didn't come from the inside of you. They didn't come to you from God. They came to you from the outside, from your adversary, and he's hoping you won't notice it came from him. This is how he works. Very subtle. Very crafty. And how would you know that it's a thought from the enemy? The only way you'd know is by the light of God's word. And the light of his spirit. Which is why we need our nose in this book. Is that right? We, we, we need to be feeding on this. And find why? Because only in the light of the truth will we recognize a lie. When it comes, we'll go, hold on, hold on. Now, that can't be so. Because the word says this, right? No, no, that can't be right. Then you know, resist this. Don't think about it. Don't listen to it. Don't talk it. Much less act on it. Hmm? Can you say amen? Amen. Go to 2 Corinthians uh, 4th chapter, your chapter 2. In the 4th chapter, verse 1. He said, therefore, seeing we've received this ministry, as we've received mercy, we faint not. Read the next couple of verses here. We've renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. Can you mishandle the word of God? Can you misuse scriptures? The devil quotes scriptures. You reckon he's rightly dividing them? No. (laughs) He's trying to use them. To get you to believe something that's wrong. And he's counting on you being ignorant enough of the word. That you don't know the difference. Amen. Come on. But by manifestation of the truth. Commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Keep going. If our gospel be hid. 
Now this is true concerning everybody in the world that's not a believer. If our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. Are there people lost in the world today? Keep reading. Why are they lost? The gospel is hid to them. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who's the image of God, should shine unto them. First John talks about that the whole world lies under the power of the evil one. Now if that's true, then God's not in control of everything going on down here. Both of these can't be true. And this is one of the big lies and deceptions that the enemy has duped so much of the world and the church with. Certainly, he wants you to believe that God is responsible and controlling everything because then you're going to blame him for all the terrible stuff that's going on and the devil gets off scot-free. Is that right? It's like he don't even exist. Sure, he wants you to believe God's in control. When it comes to the plan of God, it's going to be accomplished. It's going to be accomplished. But when it comes to all the things that are happening down here on this planet, come on. If God is a good God, is he really behind all the atrocities being committed on innocence and everything else? No. The Bible said there is another God of this world. He's the devil. Now, if he's the God of this world, he's not my God. Because I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. I've been delivered. How about you? We've been delivered out of the authority and power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his dear son, kingdom of light. Glory to God. We were darkness, but now we're light in the Lord. And he chose us. A peculiar, rare, precious people. Hallelujah. That we should show forth the praises of him who's called us out of darkness into his glorious, hallelujah, light. Amen. Come on, somebody say, I'm not in the dark. I'm not in the dark. I'm in the light. I'm a child of the light. I live in the light. If you do, you live free. You live free from the dominion of darkness. You live free from the control of the God of this world. But everybody who doesn't believe, whether they realize it or not, here's the big lie. So many of them think they're doing their own thing. They think they're doing their own thing. And the truth is, they are being dominated. Dominated, controlled by the God of this world, by the darkness and deception of this world. Go to the 10th chapter, 2 Corinthians 10. You notice all these are in 2 Corinthians? 2 Corinthians 2, 4, 10, and actually there's another one in 11. So much of this is right here. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 1. 
Well, let's see, for time's sake, go to verse 3. He said, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. It's not a flesh fight, it's a faith fight. It's not a natural fight, it's a spiritual fight. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or natural or material, but they are mighty. Mighty through God. How many believe spiritual things are real? They're real. Mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Pulling down of strongholds. Keep going. Casting down imaginations. What kind of strongholds is he talking about? Strongholds in the mind. Strongholds, ways of thinking. A stronghold, a spiritual stronghold, according to this passage, is somebody set, locked in a wrong way of thinking and believing. They're believing lies and you can't talk to them. They won't listen to it. They're locked into it. What they're believing is not true. That's the definition of deception. If you knew it was a lie, you wouldn't be deceived. And it's a stronghold in their thinking. They got this in their head, but it's wrong. And you can't talk to them. You can't show them. They won't listen. Those are the strongholds that need to be broken. That need to be shattered. Casting down. Say it out loud. Casting down. Imaginations. And every high thing. That exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity. Every thought. Say it again. Every thought. One more time. Every thought. Are we supposed to do something? With every thought. (laughs) A lot of folks wouldn't believe that. Except they thought, well, it don't matter what I think. It matters what you think. It matters a great, great deal what you think. The Bible said to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. How much does it matter what you think on? It's life and death. Most people don't believe that, but it's true. It's true. If you look at wrong actions where people wound up doing something that messed up their life, where did it start? You got to back up. Where did it start? How come them to decide to do that? They got that in their head somewhere, right? They begin to think that and look that until it became... A stronghold in their thinking. And you think on something enough. You're liable to act on it. You're liable to do it. And so that's how lives are destroyed. The enemy just comes and brings thoughts. We need to not be ignorant of his devices. But recognize when we're being attacked. And not look for some being in a red suit with horns with a pitchfork. Because that's not how it works. That's not, that's not how, he, how he operates. If you read the scripture right here in the same book of 2 Corinthians, it talks about how he transforms himself into an angel of light. His favorite thing is to tell you it's God <laughs> when it's him. His favorite thing is to try to convince you it's God when in fact it's him. 
Am I quoting scripture? That he transforms himself into an angel of light. Well, well, no wonder he wants you to think. You to be looking for a red suit, horns, and a pitchfork. Because you're never going to find him like that. That's why I say Hollywood don't know a thing about the devil. The stuff they come up with is just off the wall. It's not true. It's not real. It's not accurate at all. He said... Casting down imaginations, bringing, and, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought. That word thought is the same word translated devices. We're not ignorant of the devil's devices. What are his devices? How does he work? Well, look at, at scripture. We need to get away from all the religious concepts that people have come up with. In the scripture, how did the enemy attack people? How did they respond? In the beginning, go to the 11th chapter. You're there in the 10th chapter, 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 3. He said, I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety. So your what? Minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Did the enemy attack them out there in the garden? How did he do it? How did he do it? Was it a screaming match? No, it's very subtle. Very subtle. Was there some big monster, fire-breathing monster that came? No. No. How's the devil come? He brought things to her mind. And the word deceive means to cause to go astray. What was his objective? To get her and Adam off of what God told them. Get them away. What did did the Lord tell them? Don't eat of the fruit of that tree. You do and you'll die. So what's the enemy's objective here? He's got to get them off of that. Whatever it takes to get them off of that. To lead them astray. To get them into error. And to act on it. Could she have been safe. If she had refused to listen to it. See that's the. Don't try to match wits. With the enemy. He is. He's highly developed. At playing these mind games. He's been doing it for millennia. He's been deceiving men and women. For millennia. He knows every trick in the book. And if you want to think that you're intelligent enough to think with him and reason with him and go toe-to-toe with him, (laughs) that's exactly what he wants. He will tie you up. Next thing you know, you will have done something you never thought you would do. And you will be robbed. But if you'll keep him, if he can keep you in in the mind reasoning realm, he'll defeat you. But if you'll keep him in the faith realm. Amen. Come on, are you listening? I don't have to understand it. God said don't eat of the tree. That's it. (laughs) Can you see this? Yeah, but no buts. Yeah, but look at shut up. Yeah, but how can shut up? I don't want to hear it. God said don't eat of the tree, so we're not eating of the tree. Period. 
Yeah, but if you just listen, I won't listen. Shut up. I'm leaving. That's how you stay free. That's how you don't get defeated. Because you're aware this is how the enemy works. His objective, his device is to get me to listen to it. And to think, oh, I'm smart enough. I can handle it. I can look at it. I can mess with it. I'm not going to go too far. (laughs) You're already yielding. You're already giving in. If you really were that strong, you'd have already left. The fact that you're playing with it, toying with it, listening to it, looking at it, shows you're much weaker than you think you are. That was worth you combing your hair and coming out for, right? Is that right? (laughs) We saw what Eve didn't do and how they fell. But, oh, hallelujah, there's an example of somebody who did do the right thing. Jesus. Is that right? Let's look at him in Matthew 4. True spiritual battle. It's not like some people have portrayed it to be. The primary way the enemy comes against you is with thoughts. Thoughts. And of course he doesn't want you to take it seriously. (laughs) It it leaves you in ignorance and leaves him with an advantage. But said out loud, but I'm not ignorant ignorant of Satan's devices. Of of how he attacks the mind. mind. And he has no advantage advantage over me. me. Why? Because you're sober, like Peter said, vigilant, watching. Right? Watching out. And continually asking, is this true? Is this true? Is this true? How do I know it's true? What else is true? And, and when some thought and feeling and suggestion and temptation is contrary to the Word of God, what do you do? You cast it down. Is that right? You take it captive. You say, no. I'm not thinking on that. I'm not talking about that. That's contrary to the Word of God. That's contrary to what's right. I'm not doing that. Now, the enemy came to Jesus, and he tempted him, didn't he? Where did I tell you to go? (laughs) Actually, I'd like for you to go to Luke 4. This passage is both in Matthew 4 and in Luke 4, but I'd like for you to go to Luke 4. Luke 4 and 1. Jesus, being full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Being 40 days tempted of the devil. Is the devil real? Yes, Yes, he is. And his cohorts, demons, evil spirits, they're real. And it seems like people get in the ditch on one side or another of this. Either they just want to pretend they don't exist. Or they believe messed up ideas about them and are scared of them. Both of which are ditches. A child of God... Should have no fear. fear. Did you hear me now? Zero fear of the devil himself. And any demon. If you know the truth. It will make you free from every fear. And yet. They're real. And you need to know what's going on. And be ready. Know what to do. Know when you're being assaulted. And know how to respond. 
Was Jesus being attacked of the enemy right here? Huh? Was he being assaulted? What did he need to do? Did he need to fight here in this situation? Not a fist fight, not a flesh fight, but spiritually. How did he do it? He was 40 days tempted of the devil. What is a temptation? We need to define it some. What's a temptation? Temptations involve thoughts and suggestions and feelings. Don't they? And they come with a push, a pressure. It'll just keep coming back to your mind about doing that. And just keep coming back and just keep coming back and just keep coming back. And there's some pressure with it. Do it. It's not audible. And yet it's real. Come on, is everybody awake? I don't have to ask you, have you experienced this? If you've been alive over a few days, I know you have. And even the most holy child of God, saint of God, has found in their mind thoughts that were unclean and perverted and wrong and defiled. And here's the thing. The devil will bring you such things and then he'll accuse you for thinking them. He'll say, look at you. Supposed to be a Christian. Thinking stuff like that. And he's the one that brought it to you. Of course, he's hoping you don't recognize that he brought it to you. See, his favorite thing is to operate undercover. Undiscerned. Because that gives him the advantage. People being ignorant of how he operates. How does temptation work? Come on, help me out. Thoughts, suggestions, feelings, pulling on your desire. Do this. Do this. Do this. Look at it. Go get it. And it's a push. Come on, you felt it before? It's a, it's a push. It's, a pu- it's just kind of a, a nagging almost, kind of a, a push. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Well, why hadn't you already done it? Because in your heart, you know, it's not something you're supposed to do. But that won't keep him from bringing it to you another 10,000 times. Do it. Do it. Do it. Look at it. Think about it. Well, that's what's going on with Jesus. For 40 days and nights. In those days, he did eat nothing. When they were ended, he afterward hungered. Now, this is a principle, too. If you're really being tempted about something, start disciplining your flesh more. Go to fasting some. It'll help you. I know know people think, well, that makes it hard. No, it actually makes it easier for you because the more you yield to the flesh, the more you want to yield to the flesh. And the more you cut the flesh off, it gives you help. So when Jesus is subjected to this intense temptation, he didn't eat for the whole time. And uh, afterward he hungered. And the devil says, if you be the son of God, command this stone to be made bread. Now, after what we've said, how's this operating? Do it. Do it. 
Command it. Command it. You know you're hungry. You know it can happen. You know nothing's impossible. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> now see, a lot of folks wouldn't. That this is not what they think when they hear spiritual warfare. People have come up with other religious ideas. But this is real spiritual warfare. We see this happening with the master. Do we ever see him put on physical army garb and get the disciples to go up on top of a hill and scream at the devil all night? No. And yet a lot of people, they put more emphasis and call that spiritual warfare than this. And you have not one instance of the Lord ever doing anything like that. How many know in order for something to be scriptural, what do you need? Where's your scripture for it? Did Jesus do it? Did Paul do it? Did Peter do it? Where's it at? And if you got not one instance of it, not one, then how come it's the main thing in your life? (laughs) Did I lose somebody? No. You disagree with that statement? No. (laughs) Good, because I got more. The devil said to him, I don't know if it was something he could hear or not. wouldn't have to be. It could have just been a thought. It could have just been the suggestion. It just could have been coming against him. I know we know he saw some things before it was over with, but whether you do or you don't, it's the same thing. If you be the son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. What did Jesus do? Read the next verse. What did Jesus say? It is written... Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Now, it is true all things are possible. It is true that God will take care and meet all your needs. So why not just make the stone into bread? Well, it's also true that man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And that's what the Spirit of God was saying to him. The Spirit of God wasn't saying to him, turn the stones into bread. He was saying this to him. So what he did was resist what the enemy was doing. Somebody say resist. Resist. Say it again, resist. Resist. Is there a scripture that says resist the devil? And what will happen? Huh? Huh? Come on, do you like that or not? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. What's Jesus doing right now? He's resisting him. He's resisting these thoughts, this pressure, these feelings, these suggestions, and he's doing it with the Word of God. Can you get a better example of fighting a good fight? Overcoming spiritually, you'll never find a better example than right here. This is true spiritual warfare. Not some conjectured something. Not some shadow boxing beating the air. This is the real thing. Keep reading. The devil took him up into a high mountain, showed him something. What are we supposed to cast down? Imagination. What's imaginations? Images. What's an image? Something you see. Can you see things in your mind? Sure you can. Well, some of these images that come to you are from the devil. What are you supposed to do with them? Cast them down. You're supposed to resist them. 
The devil taking him up into a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Keep going. The devil said, all his power will I give you and the glory of them. Now, how could he do that? Unless he is the God of this world. That's contrary to what a lot of Christians believe. They believe God's in control of all of it. And it's not true. There's coming a time when God is going to be in control of all of it. And when he is, it's going to be wonderful. You want an example of God being in control? Heaven. God is in complete control. In heaven. You know how much crime they got? How much famine? How much bad weather? How much atrocity? Disease? None. Because he really is in control. And where he really is in control, his will is being done. Now he's not in control over all the world. That should be obvious to anybody trying to think. But he can be controlled in your life and in my life to the degree we will yield to him. How many would say, Lord, I want you full control. I want your perfect will done in my life. Rule over me, Lord Jesus. He can be in control in your life if you yield to him to the degree you give place to him. And allow him to. He said all this power I'll give you in the glory. is Because it's delivered to me. Somebody gave it to him. Who gave it to him? Adam and Eve. How did he get it from them? Same way. Same thing he's trying to do with Jesus. Crafty. Lies. Deception. They gave it to him. They just gave it to him. Don't knock him too hard. You've given some things to him. Just gave it to him. And to whomsoever I will, I give it. Sounds like he's in control of some stuff. If you therefore will worship me, all shall be thine. Now this may be hard for us to comprehend. But Jesus was tempted to do this. If he wasn't, then it's not a temptation. And why is it even in here? Jesus' destiny... It's what he was, it's in him. It's his future. Is king of kings and lord of lords. Is that right? And he shall reign. All the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord. Right? What's the enemy saying? You don't have to wait. You can get it right now. You don't have to go to the cross. You don't have to go through all that. You don't have to do just, just bend the knee to me. And I will give it all to you. Right now. Today. What was going on? Then then what was it? Do it. Do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just it won't take long, just do it. Just do it. Just bend your knee. What's the big deal about bending your knee? Just bend your knee. Just just bend. Have you ever felt this guy? Have you ever? Just, I'm not talking about an audible voice, but right. thoughts and feelings. Yeah. Just, just do it. Yeah. Just bend your knee. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. Come on. Tell me what you're supposed to do. Tell me what you're supposed to do. Act like your master. Yeah. What do you do? You resist. What did Jesus say? Come on, read the text. What did Jesus say? Yeah. 
Get behind me. You get behind me, Satan. Get out of my face. Because why? He's pushing him. Do it. Do it. Get out of my face. Get away from me. Shut up. I'm not going to do it. He resisted him with his choice, with his will, with his words, with the word. Is that right? Because it is written. How could he be so sure he shouldn't do this? How can he be so completely clear? Because, see, this is, uh, people might look at that and say, well, there's no way the Lord was tempted to do that. He was tempted to do it. The Bible said he was. You got to realize in spiritual temptation, it can be like a fog. And people don't think straight. Because there's just this push. And if you listen to it at all, your head starts getting fuzzy. And things that should be obvious to you, you can lose track of. Why? Because it's spiritual. There's influence here. There's darkness here. And when darkness is over your mind, you're not seeing right. You're not thinking right. Come on, we don't have to push too hard to see that. People have done stupid stuff. A lot of times say, why in the world did I? What was I thinking? Right? Amen. Amen. Maybe they said before, I would never do that. And they wound up doing it. It's because that fog, that push and that, do it. Do it. Just, Just do it. And at that point, you've got to be clear what the truth is. You've got to be clear. Was Jesus clear what the truth is? What is the truth? You worship the Lord your God, and he is the only one you ever worship. So no how, no way, I'm not bound the knee to you, not today, not tomorrow, not for any reward, not for any kingdom, not now, not ever. Get out of my face. This is how you win. This is how you win spiritual warfare. Glory to God. Glory to God. Keep reading. He brought him to Jerusalem. He's a persistent cuss, isn't he? It didn't work on the stone bread thing. It didn't work on the I give you the kingdoms thing. So what does he do? He tries to come from another angle. Can you see how he works? We talk about not being ignorant of his devices. He tries to come from another angle. Maybe you wouldn't listen to that. You wouldn't yield to that. Maybe you'll yield to this. Set him on the pinnacle of the temple. The temple. Not some beer joint. The temple. See, some people think, boy, the devil, where would he take you? Well, he'd take you to the nastiest place there was in the world. No, he'll take you to church. Amen. <laughs> he'll set you on top of the church. <laughs> and he said, if you're the son of God, or sometimes like you say, since you are, cast yourself down from here. Just jump off. For it's written. <laughs> How, how's the Lord been resisting him? Telling him it's written. So what does the devil do now? He's trying to use Jesus' own words on himself. On him, he says, because it's written. I mean, you're such a stickler for the word. <laughs> you keep on quoting to me, it's written, so it is written. He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. 
in their hands. They'll bear you up unless you dash. At any time you dash your foot against a stone. So, Job. Don't you believe it? Don't you believe it? I thought you believed in angels. You believe in angels? You, what, you believe in them scriptures? Prove it. Prove it. Jump. Chicken. <laughs> if you really believed it, you'd jump. If you really believed it, you'd jump. Jump. Prove it. Jump. What are you waiting on? Demonstrate it. Prove your faith. Show it. Jump. What are you waiting on? Do it. (laughs) Thoughts. Suggestions. Feelings. Pressure. This is how it comes. What did Jesus do? Come on, help me out. Come on. Now see, we've been talking about, we need to continually be asking ourselves, is it true? How do we know it's true? It is written. And what was the third thing I've been giving you? It is true. He gives angels charge over you. It is true. They'll bear you up in their hands. It's also true that you're not supposed to tempt the Lord your God by jumping off the top of a building when there's no good reason to jump off the top of a building. Right? Except some crazy thought came to your head. Because in the case, if he jumps off the building, who led him to jump off the building? Not the Holy Spirit. The devil. Now, friend, this kind of thing, how many times people have done bizarre, stupid, destructive stuff and said God told them to do it? Come on, have you heard this? God told me to do it. God told me. You you hear people who've committed grievous crimes. God told them, a voice told them, God told them to go in there and shoot their kids and and do this. God didn't tell them that. Now anybody that's in the light knows that's absurd. But how did they get there? There was a time, the first time they heard that, they knew it was wrong. But if you keep listening to it, and there was that pushing, wasn't it? There was that, go do it. Go do it. Go do it. Go do it. Just go do it. Bang, bang, you'll all be in heaven. Go do it. Go do it. This is God. Go do it. Lies. What are you supposed to do when something like that comes? Come on, help me out. What are you supposed to do? You're supposed to turn around and say, you lying devil. Get behind me. Get out of my face. Shut up. It is written. You don't tempt the Lord your God. I got no reason to jump off this house. When there's perfectly good stairs right in there, I can walk right back down. Is that right? There's an elevator right here. There's no reason for me to do anything like this. The Lord didn't tell me to do anything like this. I'm not going to tempt him. Jump off and say, well, you going to save me or not? We're going to hear a big splat. It won't be God's fault. It'll be your fault for listening to the devil. <laughs> Go to Ephesians. Ephesians, the sixth chapter. Ephesians 6.10 says, we've read this before, but I want you to notice in the light of what we've covered already, notice this. Finally, my brethren, 
Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Is it true that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you? You can resist anything the enemy throws at you for as long as you need to. Is it true? You can be strong in him and in the power of his might. Keep reading. Put on the whole armor of God. To what end? Why? That you may be able to do what? Stand against what? A lot of people would think this reads the power of the devil. It doesn't read power of the devil. It reads what? Wiles. The trickery. The deceits. That's what we need to be on the guard about. That you may be able to do what? Stand against. What's our scripture we quoted a while ago? Resist the devil. What are you supposed to do with the devil? Scream at the devil? Yell at the devil? Throw holy water at the devil? (laughs) It's a waste of water. What are you supposed to do? You're supposed to resist. Resist what? How are you going to resist the devil? The thoughts, the temptations, that pushing. Resist it. What else do you do? Keep reading verse 12. You're going to see this again and again. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this world and what else? Against spiritual wickedness in high places. Somebody say against. Against. Was it necessary to say it that many times? (laughs) What's the emphasis? You've got to push back. You've got, that's what the armor is for. Loins girt with truth. With what? Truth. Breastplate of righteousness. Shield of faith. Helmet of salvation. All these things are revelation of light and truth with which you can push back. You'll never get it. You don't deserve it. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. He made me this way. He has made me qualified. Come on, are you listening? You're not saved. Look at you pitiful thing. I am saved. I'm saved by the blood of the Lamb. Come, come on, can you see this? Every one of these is something you use to push back. You're not letting it in. You're not believing it. You're not accepting it. You're resisting it. Somebody say resisting, resisting, resisting. Verse uh, 13. Take unto you the whole armor of God. So you can do what? Be able to what? Withstand in the evil day. And having done all to what? Stand. Do you see how many times this is mentioned? How do you fight? You resist. You stand against it. You push it away. You cast it down. You reject it. And if it comes a thousand times in a day, you reject it a thousand times in a day. You push back against it. You say, no, I'm not doing that. Because that continual pushing will come. Do it. Do it. Call them up and cuss them out. That's sorry, so-and-so, what they did to you. Call them. Call them. Call them now. Call them. Call them. You're trying to work. 
Call them. Call them. Is it written anywhere? Thou shalt take thy frustrations out on thine enemy. Thou shalt curse him sufficiently. Is it written anything about forgiving? Is that right? But that's not what you're being pushed to do. The enemy's not going to say, forgive him. Forgive him. You're never going to get that from him. He's going to say, cuss him. Hurt him. Slap him. Call this one. Tell them what they did. Get them fired. Do it. Do it. It'll come to your mind 500 times. You know you've experienced it, right? It'll just keep coming. Tell me what you do. What do you do? You resist. You stand against. Against. Somebody say against. 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 Resist. 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 Withstand. And having done all to stand, stand against it and never yield to it. Never give in to it. Never. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. Loins girt with truth, breastplate of righteousness, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Hallelujah. Somebody say glory to God. Let's just lift up our hands and thank him for a moment. Lord, we worship you. Thank you that greater is he that's in us. Thank you that your word is ever present with us. We have the shield of faith. We have the word of God. We have our helmet. We have our breastplate. We have everything we need to resist as long as we need to resist. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Glory to God. Look with me. You you go to John the 14th chapter. And put up on the screen for us Ephesians 4.27. This won't take long. You don't want me to short you, do you? That's like you ordered four items at the drive through and you left with only two of them. You, you, don't, you don't want that to happen, do you? <laughs> like you've experienced that before. <laughs> me too. Ephesians 4.27 says what? Neither give place... To the devil. Who's the understood subject here? You. So if he has place, how did he get it? You gave it to him. By what? By failing to resist it. By just sitting there and thinking about it. By just listening to it. Talking it. Acting on it. Neither give place to the devil. Don't give him any place. Jesus in John 14. Did you go to John 14? Yes, sir. John 14, 30, right before Jesus went to the cross, he said this. He said, hereafter, I will not talk much with you for the prince of this world comes. Is the devil really the, the God prince of this world? Yes. Jesus called him that himself. Must be. The prince of this world comes. He he said in another place, well, I'll just read it to you. In Luke 22, 
Don't turn there, but Luke 22, 52, Jesus said to the chief priests and captains of the temple and elders that were come to him, are you come out as against a thief with swords and staves? When I was daily with you in the temple, you stretched forth no hands against me, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. See, when, when Jesus was crucified, the devil would probably call that his finest hour. Only problem is, he didn't know he wouldn't stay dead. <laughs> he didn't know he took into his the heart of the earth the very thing that would destroy him. God's smarter than the devil ever dreamed he was. But notice what had happened, and we'll set this up. Maybe get into it next time. The Roman leaders, the Jewish leaders, and most of the people that were around that situation in those days, they had been convinced that Jesus needed to be crucified. What world are they living in? How did they come to this conclusion? Can you see that a ruler of darkness is controlling them? Is that right? Why? Because they yielded to it. Now the devil can't control anybody unless they yield to him. But millions are yielding to him. Yielding to it. Don't even know that they are. He had that whole group. Think about this. Pilate, who knows he's not a religious man. He's not a godly man. He don't know anything about these things. But his wife comes to him and says, don't have anything to do with that righteous man. I had a dream about him. Don't be a part of what they're trying to do. And at one point, Pilate comes out and says, I don't find anything wrong with him. And what did they all start yelling and screaming? Crucify him. Crucify him. Crucify. Does that sound like what we've been talking about? What what is it? Push. Crucify him. Do it. Do it. And he said, why? What's he done? They said, if he wasn't an evil person, we wouldn't have brought him to you. He said, well, I take him and do what you want to. I'm washing my hands of this thing. They said, his blood be on us and on our children. Why would you say such a thing in a thousand years? Because they are blind. They don't see. Their eyes are completely closed. They are completely duped. All the religious leaders. How many understand? There are millions of people on the planet. They are living in a fairy tale world. They are praying to rocks and spinning beads. Come on, are you listening to me? And doing bizarre stuff. And millions believe there is no God. There is no heaven. They're living in a daydream world. Why? Darkness has blinded their minds. And they are doing things that they regret and hate themselves for and don't understand. Why did I do that? Why in the world would I ever do that? It's because of this, this, this. And they don't know that they're supposed to be resisting it. But even though the enemy had all the chief priests and leaders and all these people duped, what did Jesus say? He said, this is his hour. This is the power of darkness. The prince of this world comes, John 14, 30. But what did he say? Read that last part. This is John 14, 30. The prince of this world comes and what? 
He has nothing. Don't you like that? He has. Come on, say it out loud. He has nothing in me. What does that mean? I don't care what the devil brought to Jesus. He never let any of it in. He never received any of his thoughts or his junk or his temptations. He shut him down. He resisted it. Is that right? He commanded him to leave. He said he has nothing. Oh, don't you like that? He has nothing in me. Go to 1 John 5. I think I'm closing. 1 John 5. You don't want to forget your fries, do you? No. Or your frosty, whatever it is. Your, your dessert, right? Your, your pie. Amen. <laughs> 1 John 5. 1 John 5 and 18, I believe it is. 1 John 5, 18. Amplified. He said, we know absolutely that anyone born of God does not deliberately and knowingly practice committing sin. You don't want to. If you make a mistake, you repent it. But the one who's begotten of God carefully watches over and protects him. Now, the other is just the commentators, so don't put too much into that. And the wicked one does not lay hold, get a grip on him, or touch him. That's talking about you. I said, that's talking about me. Are you born of God? Well, if you will keep yourself, that's what we're talking about. Don't yield place to him. Keep yourself. The wicked one can't touch you. He can't touch you because you won't let him in. You won't listen to it. You won't receive it. You won't act on it. No matter how many times he pushes you, says, do it, do it, do it. You won't do it. You say, shut up. Leave me alone. Get out of here. And you'll say the same thing 20 days later, 100 days later. Come on, are you listening? Three years from now. You don't. What Jesus said, he has nothing in me. Amen. Neither give place to the devil. Resist the devil. And what? He'll flee from you. And if you'll keep yourself like this, that wicked one touches you not. Is God able, if you'll keep yourself and keep keep your flesh and keep your mind and not yield to these things, is God able to keep you? Is he able to keep you your whole life long, run your race, finish your course, fight the good fight, hallelujah, all the way. Isn't that what Paul said? He said, I have run my course, I have fought a good fight. Hallelujah. And there's a reward, glory laid up for me. Hallelujah. Woo. Now you can stand up. You got your frosty. Stand up. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Lift up your hands. Say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Come on, lift up your hands. Thank the Lord and praise Him for the victory that is ours in Christ. Lord, we thank you for the truth. Thank you for the spirit of truth. Thank you for the greater one. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, 
you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.